0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to A Call to Yin Leadership, A Love That is Stronger Than Anger or Fear with Terry Patton. We are delighted to have you with us today. All right, and without any further delay, welcome, Terry. Thank you, Sherry. Good to be here. I'm uh, really excited about this uh, event. Thank you, each of you who've decided to come and join. It's a, it's a wild moment in our world in which I think many of us are, are feeling uh, a heroic impulse in a way, a call to come forward and meet the chaos of our world in crisis in a whole new way. I certainly feel that and a desire to be a more effective change agent. And at the same time, we know that it's not just about the outer world and social change, that a whole new pattern needs to come into being and that that requires us to bring more of ourselves to the inner work, to the transformational traction that, that needs to be there in our spiritual and psychological life. We really need to become new kinds of people. And also, we're interested in uh, m- deeper fellowship and we space and, and a healthy tribe. And all of these things need to come together. We can see that there's a tremendous amount of good work being done in the world, but it's not going to become all that it needs to be without a really new pattern coming in. And we want to be that pattern. We want to live that. We want to become the ones we've been waiting for. Now, back in, uh, I think it was November, I, I finished a course on my book, A New Republic of the Heart. And as I considered what to do to offer the students who wanted to go further with me, I decided that I was going to make 2019 a year of radical commitment. I was going to really step over a line with the people who wanted to do that with me, and I'll tell you more about that. But then the year arrived in a very shocking way. My dear friend, who I've known since I was in first grade, a fellow who was in the York Center Co-op that I grew up in, Tim Williams, had some balance problems and uh, a combination of factors caused him to fall into uh, out of the tracks in a BART station and be killed by a train. And I got the call about that. It happened on New Year's Eve, but I got the call the morning of, of New Year's Day. And I've known Tim now for 60 years, and, and we, we were really tight. There was a kind of a posse of Four of us who rode our bikes together back when we were, you know, from fifth grade on through middle school in the first part of high school. And we got in, learned to drive together. We got politicized together and founded an underground newspaper together, marched and demonstrated. We discovered the mysteries of sex and drugs and rock and roll together. He was, he was a dear friend. And he was... Somebody who, who stayed in touch with everybody. He was kind of a, you know, there are those people who are connectors and, and a social glue. And he was just a, a very dear guy. Everybody who knew him really appreciated and, and loved him. And so it was a, a you know, a, a, such a sudden and violent death and, and such a shock. And for it to arrive on the first day of a year that I had already dedicated to a radical commitment it just seemed eerie. And and I found myself feeling in, in yet another context, just as an expression of my friendship with Tim and my, we, I de- in some sense I rededicated my commitment in light of that, it was a, beautiful day here and and that afternoon uh i I felt like being alone but i but I decided to take a walk in a in a in a beautiful place next to uh a, a, a river here and uh, uh, I found myself uh, on this very nice pretty level uh nature path, greeting lots of people and just depending on who they were and what kind of state they were in, I might wish them a happy new year or or just give them a smile or a tip of the hat. But again and again, breaking through the formality of not making contact that's our usual habits and sort of stepping through that into contact, I found myself feeling like I was rising to this loss of connection that I was had experienced with Tim in a way that he would have related to and, and appreciated. And Somehow, taking that walk, I I found myself dropping into a different relationship to things. And that's part of what I want to speak to as I offer this teaching on yin leadership. What I'm going to offer is uh, mainly four primary things. The first of all, I want to talk about what time it is on the planet and the the huge international, intergenerational, multidimensional, transformational social movement that is stirring right now. And we can see this in many, many ways. And many people are providing different kinds of leadership to that movement, but it's going to have many centers, and each of which are going to provide unique different kinds of leadership. So I want to talk about that. And the second thing I want to talk about is how this represents an enormous creative opportunity because there are breakthroughs, really transformational shifts that are occurring now at the leading edge of personal growth, the inner work, uh, the social movement, the outer work, and also in interpersonal work, the we space, relationship and culture. And the experiments that are going to bring about that new pattern that integrates these breakthroughs in these three domains, we can think of that as as a new art form. We can liberate our creativity by participation, by co-creating new forms of social artistry that are equal to the task of our evolutionary moment. The third thing I want to talk about is the title, yin leadership, its paradoxical nature and depth and profundity, how it's already rising, especially among empowered women, how this kind of leadership can be cultivated by both men and women, and how it can enable this larger movement that every one of us is just a part of to become more coherent and therefore to be able to scale and be effective and and how that is, this new art form I referred to. The fourth thing I wanna talk about is how I've integrated all of that by making this radical commitment to a social experiment. And instead of offering a transformational course to students, I wanna invite you to an opportunity for collaborating with me as a fellow citizen of something new, what I've called a new republic of the heart. And as a part of that, I'm upending even my normal business model through which I've earned my livelihood in the spirit of a radical commitment and a gift economy. I'm really inspired by how profoundly this breaks the mold of anything I've ever done before, anything I've ever seen. And I'll share about that too. So, what time is it on the planet? Well, it's pretty hard to exaggerate just how serious things have become. There are many inspiring things going on as well, and it's important that we not just focus on the challenges. But in addition to the madness of uh, American politics right now, but really world politics, we're dealing with a profoundly serious moment in terms of our overall ecological crisis that many people feel afraid will, will threaten a civilizational breakdown. The Union of Concerned Scientists uh, identify this as three minutes to midnight and these many different factors, uh, the ecological crisis in general, particularly climate, the the cultural collisions that are going down, breakdowns in social cohesion, uh, the profound uh, polarization we see. But but even more than that, the breakdowns of institutions that have guarded our our well-being, economic and financial fundamentals that aren't sound, lots of fear. And in addition to facing all of that, we also see amazing breakthroughs, not just in science and technology, although those are enormous, but also in consciousness and in relationship and in communication. It's a sobering time. I often quote those haunting lines from Jude Dellinger's remarkable poem, hieroglyphic stairway, that goes something like, it's 3.23 in the morning and I can't sleep. I keep hearing the voices of my great, great grandchildren calling to me, asking me, what did you do when the planet was unraveling? What did you do when the oceans were dying? What did you do once you knew? That's pretty chillingly intense, in some sense, we do have a responsibility. There's not somebody else. Somehow, we have to find a way to that responsibility. And yet, that seriousness can can work negatively. We're not going to be able to respond without the unreasonable happiness and humor. I often say things are far too serious for us to lose our sense of humor, our lightheartedness, our joy, our enjoyment of one another. In fact, it's with that, you know, ease and, you know, clear breath that we can do our best. If we are to heed all the seriousness, part of how we respond to that seriousness is with a kind of lightheartedness. And yet, we live in a culture that's been in denial. All of us have partaken of it. And very often, we have to pass through a a pretty profound dark night of the soul, just to face the reality of our situation. Now, a lot of people are doing that. Since I wrote my book, many things have emerged. There are, for example, many of you may have heard of something that was founded by some scientists and and, uh, others in the UK called Extinction Rebellion, and it's spread. Rapidly, people recognizing that the irresponsibility with our planet is potentially going to lead to many extinctions, perhaps human extinction too. And they feel like it's time to do nonviolent uh, acts of civil disobedience to, to address that. There's also the sunrise movement, younger people addressing the intergenerational issue here of, of, of our ecological emergency. There's 350.org, there are the whole range of rich environmental initiatives. The Pachamama Alliance, which I've been deeply aligned to. There's a new set of theories growing out of integral theory, uh, at least my familiarity with it grows out of integral theory, called metamodern politics, and that has expressions in new political parties in Denmark and the UK called the alternative, which I think are remarkable. There's something called the Great Transition Initiative that has to do with us recognizing the cultural transformation, that this will not it won't be enough to just deal with this as a matter of politics, that we have to change and that we have to recognize the need for a broader social change. So this transformational movement will have many centers, and each of them will lead in their own way. Extinction Rebellion will lead relative to this uprising and and civil disobedience that draws attention to that larger crisis. The alternative parties are doing local organizing at a different level, bringing together artists and other communities. And there's a kind of leadership that's needed that I think we can bring to this that, that I don't see being brought anywhere else. And so that's the second thing. I want to talk about, the the huge creative opportunity that we all have before us. This, first of all, is a call on us to wake up, to bring together all the richness of our wisdom traditions, and Part of that involves what the inner work has always involved, awakening to unconscious patterns and reactions and attitudes, the underlying stories or beliefs that we're living out, and making conscious, living, fresh choices. It also has to do with awakening to divinity, to the mystery of existence, to your soul nature, to your purpose, to grace. And then in the spirit of a bodhisattva, awakening from your own self-focus into service. And all that process of learning and figuring things out falls away because there's only the matter of actually loving effectively in a world that in many ways is going through this crisis of fragmentation. And that's a transition. In the beginning of that personal work, we get lighter and lighter and more expanded, but then we inherit the challenges of the whole world. First, the revelation seemed to be about our own enlightenment and discovering our own Christ nature or non-separation or non-existence of ego, coinciding with the very nature of being itself, and... Now it begins that when that isness takes you over, it needs to take over the whole world through you. So having inherited every problem of every suffering being in the world, in a sense, it opens up a different relationship to things. That's what, how the inner work can fulfill. And the transformations that are occurring now at the leading edge of the we is that there's a process of mutual awakening in which we're breaking through our self-focus into a recognition that there's an awakening that I may experience and that you may experience, but there's something here in between, an awakening of the we itself. And that's beginning to happen more and more. And there's this recognition that we have to break through the veil of being in a sense, childishly related to our governments and to the big power players, the billionaires, the corporations, the the capitalist system, and take a different kind of responsibility for our world, a different octave of impact. So those are three awakenings, the personal awakening in consciousness, the mutual awakening into a higher we, and an awakening into a different level of impact, the it, the actual effectiveness. Now, all those transformations are valuable, but it's crazy right now in our cultural world, because Ken Wilber has called this a post-truth world. I sometimes say that uh, everything is being eaten alive by what I sometimes call the big playlist of our fast-moving, mediated lives. Everything becomes a, a an image, or a a headline, or a a soundbite, or a word of the year, or a meme. Nothing can escape just being churned by the, the surge of white water that's sort of carrying everything chaotically into the future in this mediated world in which we all live. So there's a creative challenge, as Artists at heart, as creative beings, even our best social activists could be thought of as like a reality TV character, enacting a new role and a story and an archetype. And if we can do it well enough, perhaps we can change something about the collective consciousness and the collective conversation. In a sense, we are all demonstrating and offering to one another that is We might call it an art form, a social artistry. The ultimate expression will be consequential contributions to healthy whole systems change. That's our opportunity. The inner work, the interpersonal work, the outer work are crying out to be integrated at a whole new level of depth and integrity and effectiveness. And most existing centers of leadership that we look to and that we are inspired by are really good at something, but usually only in one or at most two of those areas. They'll awaken our consciousness, or there'll be something amazing about the interpersonal work even, or they're really getting at something about our social activism and impact. But this whole new pattern, an integrated whole systems change, that is a transformation of the I, the we, and the it all together, we're still working on that. There is no fully resolved expression that integrates all that. And yet, for this transformation to take place, that's going to have to happen. So I think that we can liberate our creativity by engaging each other, by participating together in new forms of social artistry that are actually equal to the task of creating a new pattern and communicating that to others. In other words, we, too, can be a center of leadership in this large movement that has many centers. It has no, no one is the leader of such a movement. But many of us can be leaders of it. And our effective leadership requires us to come together in collectives that express an integration of our best wisdom and I think in all these three areas. Now, how are we going to do that? That's going to take yin leadership. The reason we've titled this a call to yin leadership is because that's what's really being called for now. That idea, yin leadership, probably calls to mind for you traditionally so-called feminine virtues, receptivity, nurturance, uh, being a container for something, uh, allowing, softening, being with. It, it has to do with the actual leadership of women. And all of those things are real. But yin, true yin leadership goes beyond mere yin qualities. In, in my book, I call it yin heroism that is, it, it's, it's heroic in that it really breaks through to another level. It expresses the, the self-transcending nobility of the soul, the profundity and the depth that coincides with the more-than-human world, with nature itself, with the other creatures, with our indigenous cousins. And which conducts a greater divine energy into human relations. It is about love, but not what we think of. You know, love, when it's real, surprises us. Love is not the thing in my memory bank that I call up. That might be a feeling, or it might be a memory, or it might be a a quality that arises in relation to certain people. But love is always a breakthrough. It, 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 it grows always into a higher, greater love, real intimacy with God. It has to do with a kind of surrender that allows us to be used by a greater power. It's a soul matter. It's profound at the level of the soul. I bring it in. I brought this idea forward in, in A New Republic of the Heart. In the chapter where I talk about soul work, and, and soul work expresses the deep psyche, the place where we coincide with the deep interiority of nature itself, where we contact the voice of the deepest dimension of ourselves, the daemon. And it is there that both yin and yang leadership are necessary. Yang leadership being decisive, being assertive, and as we know, there's a dot of white inside the little paisley that's black and a dot of black inside the paisley that's white. That's the yin-yang symbol. Right now, in order for us to have a powerful, practical change in our world, a very yang intention, I think we need to go into a very deep, profound receptivity where we become a conduit for a power greater than ourselves to find its way into the world. We each need to grow in our capacity to do that. And yet that opening and softening and deepening that is our yin nature, where, through, where we coincide with grace and through which we can coincide with each other in a whole different way. Because the yin, because it knows how to yield, can cooperate. In a way that the yang form of leadership and heroism is less essential to, and yet even to do that 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 this yin leadership, there is a choosing there is a yang a, a, a dot of black in the field of white, so to speak that the 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 yang leads the yin too and Partly what this allows is an integration of our deep psyche and our capacity to speak in the language of the soul with one another and to coincide with one another in a way that we have never done. It's about A soul meeting. I mean, we we do do some of that, but we've never done that in a way that has coincided with a social movement. And that needs to be created in pilot projects. Sanghas need to come together that are prototypes for what might break through into being the next Buddha, the next Buddha being a Sangha. And so this opening up to this primal creativity that expresses itself in art and poetry and music and dance, through beauty, through story, is part of what needs to be liberated. And this quality of yin leadership is already rising, especially in the movement that we see among empowered women. And that is... Uh, it's rising in the collective psyche of the world. The deep anima mundi, the soul of the world, is recognizing that it has been wounded by the excesses of urban living and modernity and rationality and something more primal is coming forth. Now, sometimes, of course, some of what's coming forth is, is a darkness. But just as there is a crisis of fragmentation in which that darkness is asserting some ugliness, there is like an immune response, the inherent wholeness of being. That in us that is turned to and responsive to and coincides with the divine itself is rising. The, the wholeness itself. In my book, I don't use the word God or divine as much. It's, it's just this word wholeness. Wholeness comes forward like an immune response in the face of this crisis of fragmentation. Now, this kind of yin leadership can be cultivated by men and women alike. Every one of us has yin and yang dimensions and in Jungian psychology, every man has an anima, an inner feminine, every woman an animus, an inner masculine. So it's, it's this isn't really about the man-woman thing specifically, although we we definitely need to keep growing in our ways of honoring the mutual contribution of a real brother-sisterhood, which is what is needed now, what is rising up. It can help the larger multidimensional evolutionary movement that is arising to become healthier, to become more coherent, to be able then to scale. The problem tends to be that every time you assert something, you bring up its opposite. And this polarity management is not what social activists have understood or been good at. So very often the critiques of why we haven't responded to climate change say that environmentalists have contributed to the polarization because by asserting what we asserted about climate or the importance of our embeddedness in the living earth, we have created a polarization. Well, I'm not sure I buy that particular critique, but the idea that we fall into polarities every time we assert something is very true. And what it takes for us to show up in a different principle that's more radically submitted to and conductive of that primal love and bliss and divinity and grace that are our very nature, that is worth pursuing. So I have, in a way, integrated this consideration in in terms of ideas in my book, A New Republic of the Heart. But for it to really come to life, it needs a living laboratory. And that's why I've made a radical and inspiring commitment for 2019 to a social experiment. Instead of offering uh, a transformational course where I'm in the role of teacher and others are in the role of students, I want to invite you to an opportunity for collaborating with me as a fellow citizen of a new republic of the heart. And this social experiment for 2019, my vision for it, is to come together as an international community of change agent practitioners in a mutual recognition of our prior unity declaring and living in a new republic of the heart, a radically new pattern. So this is going to grow out of what I know how to do. I'm, I'm, I'm essentially innovating beyond the form of an online course. So I'm calling it a social experiment. In a sense, it's a course that's not just a course, but a collective, a collective of practice, of mutuality, and of social action. Now, can we do that? Can we break through to the critical mass whereby we would actually successfully become deep friends, awakening together in a we that is more awake, with a different level of impact, each of us more profoundly awakened and joyful and lived by that larger divinity? Can we do that? Well, every utopian experiment that anybody has ever undertaken in the history of man has fallen short of its high ideals. Every time people try this, the success is incomplete. And in the past, that's held me back from being so bold as to attempt something like this. But I had a very fundamental insight. That the only way things advance is by people really attempting to do it, and there's always lessons learned. In a sense, it's like a scientific experiment. If we give all we've got to this, in a sense, if we try to leave the, you know, we we could say that this whole world, because of its limiting presumptions, you know, Charles Tart. I often quote uh, the consciousness researcher, Charles Tart, who coined the term, the consensus trance. You know, here we are, we're in this world in which everybody is working hard, sacrificing their health to make money until they do, and then discovering they lost their health, making money, and then they spend all their money trying to regain their health, always thinking about the past or the future, never living in the present, dying without ever having really lived. That's the consensus trance. That's a crazy way to live. That is a cult. The whole world, in a way, is a cult. So if we really want to leave that cult and create a new pattern that could help others get deprogrammed and live a different principle and take action on behalf of our great-great grandchildren, on behalf of the other creatures, on behalf of our brothers and sisters in the world as a whole, we have to attempt to leave the cult. It's sort of like breaking with the consensus reality. It seems dangerous. But if we make a time-delimited commitment, that is, we don't become a a cult altogether, like we're just going into another way of seeing things, departing from the consensus reality in a way that's dangerous. No, we we attempt to actually break through to a higher level. We do something utopian. But then, in the last month of our year-long experiment, we step back and we do a thorough evaluation. What worked? What worked best? What didn't work so well? What would we do differently if we had this to do over again? What problems have we still not solved? And what resources might help us reshape things entirely differently? Where we learn these lessons and we contribute these lessons to the larger movement that we're all a part of. I think that if we come together with that commitment in a bodhisattva spirit, we can make a meaningful contribution in a way that seems outside the range of us ordinary people. I think the fact that we feel our limits, our, you know, we, we may not think that we can go toe-to-toe with the masters of the universe, the big yang heroes. But see, this is where there's an opportunity for yin heroeship. heroism and leadership by having the courage to surrender and open to the divine and live that principle with one another to really let this be a year of giving it over to God at a different level. This course that's not really a course, but a collective can be an experiment that advances this whole human attempt to bring wholeness to bear amidst this crisis of fragmentation. So at the end, we'll harvest our learnings. We'll publish that and contribute what we learn to other collectives in the movement. And that liberates us to make this radical commitment. We can break with the consensus trance, create our own reality, so-called. It's a little bit like joining an ashram or a monastery or a revolutionary cadre without having to fear that we're going to go a little into something cultic. It liberates us to go for it. So I've conceived this at some deep levels, and I'd like to invite you to take a look at it. I'm I'm making several radical shifts here. If you go to the, if you're by a computer, I invite you, uh, or or a smartphone, to go to, IntegralHeart.net. If you type in I-N-T-E-G-R-A-L-H-E-A-R-T.net into your browser window, you'll see what I'm describing. Now, how are we going to do this? Part of it is I will offer uh, a year-long, deep, profound class of a kind, but there'll be a lot of room in it for you to be co-creative partners in what we're going to create. So there are four pillars of, of what I'm envisioning. The inner work, the inter work, interpersonal work, and the outer work. I'm going to be asking you, if you participate in this, to find a way to dedicate two hours or more a week to volunteering or in other ways doing outer work. You may have your own projects and initiatives that you're already doing that are change agent activities, in which case, that's great. But if you're not, there will be other opportunities. And then there are a variety of forms that we will be engaging together, having to do with the inner work and the interpersonal work, where I have expertise. So across the year, we'll have 21 90-minute sessions, mostly with me, almost all with me, and those will be every two to three weeks. It'll be a rich curriculum of personal growth. And 15 of those sessions are described on the website, and I'll, I'll say a little more about that in a minute. They begin with an introductory session that'll initiate this social experiment in all of its forms. And then we'll deeply engage the, in, in more detail the inner work, the interpersonal work, and the outer work. And there'll be teachings about that. So we'll all be rooted in all the, these four pillars. The fourth pillar is what it takes to make a radical shift to another pattern. Because it's not enough to do inner work, interpersonal work, and outer work. Somehow we have to have the breakthroughs where there are real awakenings, Inner work awakenings are what we're used to talking about, but there are awakenings of the we, and there are awakenings of a different octave of impact, too. So how do we get over those thresholds? That's the fourth pillar. And then, uh, in the midst of this, those 15 sessions will take us through a whole rich curriculum that goes beyond those four pillars into many aspects of the inner and interpersonal work but there are six sessions that are not specified. So there's an opportunity for me and all of us to address whatever's emerging in our Sangha and in the world. And of course, those sessions will be recorded and you'll be able to participate in them even if there's a schedule conflict and you have to miss them live. So there'll be video and audio recordings. Then every week, in addition to that, You'll be meeting one-on-one with a practice partner to do the deep work, where you really explore your relationship to things, and you'll go into deep we space. And on the weeks when we don't meet all together with me, we'll have small group meetings, pods, ideally four to six people, where you can discuss your learnings and your process and workshop your projects with a group of peers. There will also be uh, periodic mentoring sessions with Siobhan McClory, my longtime student and also a masterful integral coach and a longtime deep Tibetan practitioner who will be assisting me in teaching this course. And also with Grant Hunter, who specializes in the outer work and is another longtime student. He'll do some uh, mentoring sessions as well. Uh, Siobhan is really my course assistant in a fuller way. We'll also have occasional question and answer sessions with me as they seem needed. Those aren't pre-scheduled. And we'll have a dedicated network for online community. So together, this can create a rich multidimensional learning experience. And all of that is very much like an online course. Now, there's also the outer work. Now, we're going to engage that outer work in different ways. I you may already have something you're very committed to, and I want leaders, and you know, the, the stronger and more effective you are, and the then the more you know that you need the we and you need support for the inner work. So I I invite you, the the the, the more powerful you are, the better, uh to engage this. So your own projects are. 100% fine. I'll be sharing about some of the aspects of activism I find inspiring. I think uh, several of the movements that I mentioned are, are worth volunteering for, or participating with. And we are launching now a new nonprofit. And there's a core group of us that have been meeting weekly, creating a new Republic of the Heart nonprofit. So there'll be opportunities for you to volunteer with those of us who are doing that as your way of engaging that outer work. And I'll share more about that, too. And we may want to found some new initiatives, depending on who shows up with what capacities. I have some ideas to share about that, too. So this form of an online course gives us a transformational container. But you won't merely be students, and I won't merely be your teacher. Each of us will be co-creative participants bringing both yang and yin leadership to what we're doing. Radical commitment, surrender to the divine, and love are the yin leadership that are gonna be necessary for this social experiment to work. So we'll be testing the proposition that we can break through into a radically new pattern, another stage, another structure, bringing more depth and health and integrity and vitality to the larger social movement that's coming about right now. So I'm inviting you to take yourself seriously, to take our moment of of truth, what time it is on the planet, seriously, and to do that to find support with friends and deep connections that will allow you to really do that. And we can only really do this effectively by joining together with others. So let's do that in a way that's truly integral and make a radical commitment to possibility. Now, there's another radical departure here. Normally, this would be an online course, and I would price it at about $95 a month, and I would be the service provider, and you'd be the customer, and my responsibility would be to educate and inspire and challenge and support and entertain. And yours would be to put in enough time and effort and sincerity into it to get something of value out. And there's nothing wrong with that. But that paradigm is still inside the system that we need to transform. If this is going to fulfill its highest possibilities, we need to be actual fellow citizens of a new Republic of the heart. Every one of us will have the opportunity and the responsibility to make use of these forms, yes, to advance our personal transformation and to deepen our we space and to break through to a new level of practical impact in the world and to be on the edge of something that hasn't ever really been done fully before. So I'm inviting you to participate in the spirit of a gift economy, if you're able. Please pay at least the $95 a month that would ordinarily be the price for this. Now, based on past experience, we estimate the hard costs of producing the course to be a, we'll see how many people sign up. It it would vary, but based on past experience, the average would be about $65 a month per person. So if money's a little tight and you can only afford the $65 a month, please go for it. And if that's more than you can afford, please apply anyway. Just tell us what you can afford, honoring the value exchange that's going on. Let us know a little about you so that we can see that we're we're honoring one another. But this form offers you an opportunity to identify whatever amount per month you want to. And I hope you'll contri- consider Contributing a larger amount, $195 a month, so that this can work for people who can't afford that. Now, from a certain perspective, uh, you might think I'm taking a crazy risk. You know, this is my livelihood after all. But it's obvious to me that this is the right way to go. It's putting my money where my mouth is, but more importantly, it opens the door for us to have a different relationship as fellow citizens in a brother-sisterhood of this new republic of the heart. We're tackling humanity's wicked problems face, you know, head-on, face-to-face, attempting something that no one has fully accomplished before. And we're contributing an experiment, a reality TV demonstration. What happens if a group of sincere practitioners informed by all this rich, integral, evolutionary awareness. Go for it. That's something nobody's done fully. So I want to meet you eye to eye in an even gaze. And this gift economy framing allows that to happen. We then can each break out of the limits of the personal growth context, or the activism context, or the entrepreneurial context, into the profound intimacy that our situation implies. Oh my God, we are the ones whose souls said yes to being born at this time, when so much on an evolutionary scale is right at an inflection point, where the fates of Future generations are at stake. We're here now. How can we acquit the responsibility of that and somehow do it joyously? Have a good time. Bring a spirit of celebration and of humor and of play to the most serious topics. How can we do that? Well, let's give it a shot. Inevitably, we will not do it perfectly. But I think inevitably we will carve new grooves in the cosmos, as Ken Wilber likes to say. We will attempt something and lessons will be learned and the process of cultural evolution will be advanced. We can be really attempting to become the true adulthood of the human species. Our species, if we think of Are we in the childhood of the human species, the adolescence, the adulthood, the senescence? Most people think we're in the adolescence of the human species. How do we go through that coming-of-age ritual, that rite of passage through which we become true, the true adulthood of the human species? This is a chance for you to go through this. Now, I've led processes that in some ways have similarities to this, and One of the things that I can promise you, because I've seen it again and again, is that a profoundly deep level of fellowship and uh, love and you know friendship have arisen among the people who've taken journeys like this with me before on smaller scale, and therefore you know there are many people who now have long friendships with people they met through the through earlier. Uh, circles of mutuality, I called them, that I've led in the past. So I'm very confident that the quality of the we and the support for your individual practice will be robust. I think that we're going to be verging into new territory, and we're going to learn about that. But I know of no better way that you can say yes to this moment. And I hope you'll give it serious consideration. It'll take Something like two to four hours a week, two and a half, I think, usually at least up to four hours a week. If you have issues with your time, it can still work with that little. If you have more available time, you can invest a lot more in this, and and it can be a vehicle for your own creativity and leadership. It's open. It's an open container, and I need your support. I I sincerely ask for your support of every kind, your energy, your commitment, your practice, and the financial dimension of it as well. So please go to integralheart.net where you can find your way to the course landing page and consider signing up right now. The first class will be held a week from today on Wednesday. that won't be the very last time that you can sign up, but it's best if you can be involved in this from the beginning. So there's no need really to wait. There isn't any reason that money has to be an obstacle, although I'll be giving a lot, and I ask you to honor that and, and, and really think about what you put in as your, as your amount. We're living in a truly extraordinary time, in which many of us feel a profoundly disorienting uh, dilemma. We feel called to be responsible participants or leaders of a new human cultural renaissance, and yet our own foundation of security and sanity and safety is under attack and being eroded. We need others, and we need others that understand this in terms that meet us. We can have that if we enter into this together. And I hope you're, you're equal to this and able to join me and buoy me up to be a fellow citizen, not just a student, to co-create something that has never existed before. So I want to close this with, with a prayer. I want to invite you to perhaps even close your eyes if you're in a situation that allows that and find your way to a a balanced posture and open your feeling being as deeply as you can and breathe in and out all of the impressions and feelings and perceptions the whole world is held by your consciousness. And the subtle energetics of your being are affected by that total context. So let go whatever about that has tightened you up or contracted you. And let's turn to the ineffable reality that is living us, the mystery of existence that is beating our hearts. You who are living us. You who are reality itself. You who are the entire body of this living earth, the rivers and the creatures and the plants, the ecosystems, the hydrological cycles, the mountains and the forests and the oceans, you who are beating each of our hearts, please find your way into the human experience even more. You have powered this billions of year evolutionary process. And you want evolution to keep evolving. You want life to keep living. You want consciousness to keep awakening. Please find your way into this human world through each of us. Please help us to become friends in a way that strengthen every one of us so that we become your hands and body in this world, that we may make a contribution that makes a true difference. Please help us sanctify this year, this new year, 2019, with our sincere giving over of ourselves to a profound new level of practice, inner, inter, outer, that we may be your your very presence here in this world. Thank you so much for joining me for this online teaching. And may you be richly blessed in every way in your life, whatever you choose to do.